Self-help for robots is now. C.J. Pitchford, and this is very difficult for me, as my sister, Leslie Catherine Woods, passed away on October 25th recently. As it still feels too soon and too recent, I can't really say much about it, and instead, as this is episode 50, she, my sister, never made it to her 5-0, and, and while I thought this would be a really big episode, um, I think instead it'll be something else entirely. However, what it also is, is dedicated to my mother. Um, our mother, Paula, was there um, with my sister and I um, when my sister passed, and, and she had been staying at that hospital for a week, and and yes, would not leave her daughter's side, and, and always believed, you know, that uh, it was just, you know, um, a miracle was right around the corner, and, um, you know, she kept that faith. Uh, right up until the end, um, just about. And, and as I said, I, I wish I could say more, and sometimes I can. Um, but right now, as I said, uh, I'd like to dedicate this episode to my mother. And also, as I said, episode 50 was supposed to be a you know big episode, but let's take a look back to episode number one and the uh, mechanics of our consciousness. And yes, I went back to the first episode, so you wouldn't have to, as things have changed around here. And and uh, But not the least of which, though, is that now I've got uh, something to add uh, to that original definition of consciousness. Um, however, uh, I've been reading more about this as well, and uh, one of the books that I read was called Rethinking Consciousness by Michael Graziano. And, well, Dr. Graziano worked as a neuroscientist before on, on this problem of working out, you know, kind of spatial relationships and vision, um, but now his focus is on the uh, actual, like, you know, schema of what is consciousness. And and uh, Mr. Graziano goes, uh, you know, kind of away from neuroscience and tries to cover a lot of different ground um, in his work. And although to me it seems really just that the rethinking of consciousness is going back to the um, old theories of the ancient Greek, which was a scientific theory that they thought that uh, demons, um, not the kind from the Middle Ages that tortured uh, poor souls, but uh, but the spirits that inhabited us, that, uh, you know, gave us the, um, you know, ability to appear animate. Um, and so that animating spirit, um, which in Mr. Graziato's sense that uh, uh, he actually 
really kind of sets a visual for consciousness as a poorly drawn cartoon of a caricature. And I thought, well, yeah, that's kind of like a, a demon that's, you know, your consciousness, which to Mr. Graziano is a focus. And actually, as a focus, he says it's something that we share with many animals. And I thought, well, yes, that does seem like animals and uh, people would share an ability to focus. And the fact that it would be a monolithic unified focus, uh, well, that makes sense too. And um, and Mr. Graziano points out, though, that not all um, animals, you know, segmented worms don't have um, brains. They have ganglia, and they might have several ganglia. And so it would be, you know, like the uh, one end of a worm, you know, meeting its tail and saying, hey, are you new around here? As, you know, worms might talk. No, they, they don't. But uh, but having the different ganglia might mean that there's different vibrations as as the brain itself is, of course, a chemical engine. It's also a engine of mind with thoughts and, you know, um, the actual activity, the default state, uh, you know, is almost like an engine's idol. But instead of a metaphor, you see, that's what I didn't think that uh, Mr. Graziano had gotten away from. He, he said this was a scientific uh, view, um, a theory, but instead it seemed more like a metaphor. Um, when he says that seeing seems like it feels like something, feeling like something, you know, is you know not quite the same as saying that it is something. And um, and yes, consciousness is something, and it may feel like something, but it also consciousness is a feeling. And so uh, that's where that I thought I would keep working with Mr. Graziano's work and see where it went. As when uh, I thought, okay, when he tries to get to consciousness of feelings, where where does this theory go because um, at one point as I said that it seemed like well he called it a, an ethereal mental essence and so it really did seem like a, a you know a kind of dualistic approach but uh, no he said that this is in the mind um, and that this uh, um, information schema this consciousness um, was a focus um, and that to me it also seems like the uh, you know somatosensory humunculus and but he says that's Specifically, no. This is this uh, consciousness is not homunculus, but uh, no. I love the um, sensosomatory or somatosensory <laughs> homunculus that uh, because of its uh, you know um, caricature, as it, it distorts um, human characteristics based on how important they are um, to the brain. And and yes, our fingers and our lips um, are very very sensitive. And so yes, the little homunculus has huge hands and big lips. Um, just wonderful, beautiful little uh, caricature. Um, but no, that uh, Mr. Graziano may have started off in this direction, but I definitely didn't want to follow. And when um, Mr. Graziano got to the idea that uh, emotions are just innate, they're intuitive, I I was lost. I was like, hmm, no, I don't think so. And even if they were, then maybe there would be a model for how we think about them. And in fact, the model of consciousness that uh, I was looking for was not there. And so um, that's where I was. I guess that uh, if somebody wanted to call the orthogonal model of emotions in a three-dimensional theory of mind a uh, information schema, sure. Um, but uh, but no, I was looking at how um, animals and people um, do share um, emotions and the ability to have a conscious focus um, 
And for me, that uh, I really did want to uh, connect um, with some research, and it does look like uh, Dr. Lisa Feldman Barrett's work on constructed emotions, you know, do reflect what uh, I might be able to show mathematically and model and compute. But uh, but yeah, so um, her book called How Emotions Are Made, um, The Secret Life of the Brain, it's, oh, it's, yeah, opening up secrets. And that's the thing is that uh, emotions may seem, you know, like they come from, uh, you know, some somewhere that we can't control. And it does seem that uh, um, that the entire, you know, history back to Aristotle reflected how emotions were just inscrutable. And, and yes, you can name them and you could, uh, you know, be poetic about them, but can you understand them? Well, and that's the thing is that uh, if you um, tried to understand fear and tried to come up with a concept of fear from all the instances of fear, what Dr. Barrett says is that you cannot reverse engineer fear or the concept from all of the instances. And it's quite possible that, uh, yes, she's right. And if you were to somehow do it, you would be somehow incredibly lucky. And what my approach, though, was was to look at fear along with all of the um, other emotions and, and also look at them all as populations, as uh, she had um, said that she looked at fear um, as a population of fear instances. And yes, then looking at all of that, then I was able to say there are some commonalities between um, all of them. And, and yes, that uh, between you and I, we may not have the same, you know, consciousness that uh, um, as, you know, my consciousness is the vibrations of my brain. And so it's very much different than the vibrations of your brain. And that uh, um, my understanding of feelings, though, uh, will be, you know, along the same line as your understanding. That's how we can translate and share the feelings um, that we, you know, um, come at uh, from like we do as all things, that our brain is removed from, you know, the world itself and even removed from the experience of the world, but instead relies upon a model and predictions of um, what the sensory clues tell us uh, what is, you know, you know, going on and trying to make sense of this absurd thing called life. And, and yes, that, uh, because our brains, um, really do, um, hide so much of that from us, that, uh, our consciousness really is just that, uh, singular, um, you know, unified groove of your brain. So that's the one thing I could add to the first episode is now at episode 50, we could say that consciousness is the organized and modulated vibration of your brain as it grooves, as um, that uh, there's, you know, um, that, uh, you know, there may be times when you're not in your groove. And of course, um, there may be times, of course, when you run out of fuel and um, that's, that's it then, then there's no more vibration. However, until then, uh, just like uh, my sister did for herself, and I say for you to do for yourself and all of us have to do for ourselves is, well, just keep on helping yourself. Thanks for listening. And please leave a review at iTunes or wherever you heard this podcast.